Good morning. We are certainly um, crunched for time today, so I want to get started. So I want to... Name is... Shema should have an aliyah. Everyone should have a uh, meaningful fast today. Okay, so... Uh, Ayal's grandmother. Okay. So, yeah, so... <clears throat> So yesterday we started, just very quickly, we're going to do a, just a couple lines outside the Gemara, then we're going to have to try to cover a lot of ground today so we can finish this topic and start a new topic, at least in the Gemara next week, even though we'll talk about it more outside the Gemara, and that is the Mitzvah of Chinuch we'll discuss next week. But yesterday, very quickly, we started to discuss the lo- three lines from the bottom on Tesvav and Aleph, and we said, Akok Sherem Likros Hesim Megillah. We wanted to find out who this goes like, who is this opinion like. Again, our mission has said that if someone says Kriya Shema inaudibly, According to the Tanakama, as a machlokas Tanakama, and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says you're not Yotze even with the Ebed. The Tanakama said you are Yotze with the Ebed. The question is whether you're Yotze or whether you can do that even lechatchila, say it inaudibly. So the, the, the Gemara here says three lines from the bottom. Tanan Hasam, Megillah. Everyone is allowed to read the Megillah except for a Cherish, someone who speaks but cannot hear. In this case, not a regular Cherish, a deaf mute, but in this case, someone who can speak but cannot hear. And a Shot and a Katan can also not read the Megillah. Rabbi Huda was Machshir. Rabbi Huda said you can. So we, we want to ask very quickly. Yesterday we asked the question. Tosfos brought up what kind of uh, what kind of age are we talking about? Is it a katan who's a seven or eight, or is it one who's a gila chinuch? And based on that, meaning let's say a twelve year old or eleven year old, Tosfos furthered the question and compounded the question by saying the Gemara in Brachos Davchaf brings an example where a child who was a katan exempted his father in benching. And he says, why there can a child exempt his father from benching, but here a child cannot exempt a gadol or his father in reading the Megillah? And Tosos explained two answers, the second of which, which is an um, interesting concept, and that is a one can never be discharged as obligation by a trade drabanan. Again, the child is a trade drabanan because the child himself is obligated only drabanan as he's not bar mitzvah yet. And the whole institution of Megillah is only the Rabbanon. So he's chayv twice. It's called a trade Rabbanon. And a trade Rabbanon can never discharge the obligation of a chad Rabbanon because the father is only chayv once. The, chayv, the father is chayv in all mitzvahs minat Torah. It just happens to be that the whole institution of Megillah, because Purim is only mit Rabbanon, the whole institution of Megillah is only the Rabbanon. So the child is obligated because the Megillah is the Rabbanon, and he himself, as a child under the age of Bar Mitzvah, because <clears throat> also in the Chaim Drabanan, true Drabanans can never be Moti, one Drabanan. The Rashba gives a very different answer. The Rashba explains the whole reason why, we said yesterday, by the way, that Minat Torah, one is only obligated to bench if he eats Kidei Sevilla, Vachalta Visavata. You have to eat to the extent that you are fully satiated. If one eats only a Kezayis of Lechem of bread, then he's only obligated to Midrabanan. Says the Rashba, who was the Talmud of the Ramban, says the Rashba, who R- Rashba was the Talmud of the Ramban and the Rebbe of the Ritva, so it was a lineage. Ramban, Rashba, Ritva, they almost always um, side, take the same side in the Machlokas, typically against some of the other Rishonim. In any event, the Rashba says that the whole institution for benching when you eat less than a Kedai Sevilla, when you eat less than satiation, is a Siyog, it's a Geder, to teach us that one should bench when he's fully satiated. So too, he says, the whole reason why, so that's why one can bench for a, for a, ch- a child can bench for a father because the whole purpose of chinuch is only a siyag to teach the child do something now. So it's muscle memory when you become a bar mitzvah. Meaning, just like you bench when you don't have to bench technically, you bench when you only ate a kazai so that you will know how to bench when you eat a full 
full meal. So to chinuch, <coughs> the only reason why we obligate children below the age of bar mitzvah, slave muscle memory, so that when they become bar mitzvah, they'll know how to perform the mitzvah. It's sort of like a siyag. Both are a siyag. As opposed to Megillah, there's no siyag by Megillah. The actual reason, the whole takana was to read the Megillah. It's not read the Megillah so that you... No, that is the actual takana. So it's very different. Chinuch is very similar to benching, says the Rashba. The whole reason is a siyag, is a, <coughs> is a, is a barrier, a fence, that you don't go ahead and violate it when you go ahead and you eat a full amount. So this way, if you eat less than amount, the uh, satiation, you know how to bench. So too, a child at the age of 11, when he does the mitzvahs, will know how to do it when he's 13. That's very, very different than, than, than Megillah. The Ramban says that the whole institution of chinuch only falls on the father. The child is never obligated. The whole concept of chinuch banim is only on the father. Therefore, the, and he proves it, that a katan cannot go ahead and read for the, for the, old, for the older people. He can't read Megillah. How does a katan bench for his father? So he reinterprets that Gemara to be talking about a gadol. It's not really talking about a katan, it's talking about a child, but it's above the age of bar mitzvahs. The Ramban says a child never has any obligation, even on the Rabban level, any mitzvah before the age of 13. That's why he cannot read the Megillah for adults. <clears throat> he reinterprets the Gemara. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. Sure. We'll see, sir. Sure. You know, if you try, if we're all, the whole thing about chinuch and doing this, uh, this thing, there's tons of brachas in, in, in benching, and it's a rabbanan, and it's just interesting that. Right. So that we, we make that argument in other places. Right. So uh, a, right. A, a better a better example would be a berachas mitzvah. But a shavach valda, a child can theoretically understand to give thanks. He might not be obligated in a mitzvah. So benching is is a unique. <clears throat> it might not be a great example, but how about making a brachi saying before putting mezuzah? But he shouldn't be doing that anyway. In other words, you're saying benching is a brachal v'atala. First of all, it's not a brachal v'atala. Giving shavach to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's not a brachal v'atala. Number two, they can still be obligated. A child knows how to say thank you. He's not obligated to put on tefillin, but he knows how to say thank you. So it's not exactly, um, uh, you know, parallel. The last answer is very interesting. The Turi Evan, who was also the Shagas Aryeh, who wrote the Turi Evan, says something very interesting based on the Gemara and Megillah, Dav Zayin. Megillah, hopefully, will probably be the next Masech that we do. The Gemara there on Dav Zayin says that <clears throat> Esther Beruach HaKodesh Nemra. Megillah's Esther was written with Ruach HaKodesh. How do we know that Esther, Megillah's Esther, was written with Ruach HaKodesh? So the multiple opinions. One says, Vayomer Haman Belibo, because the the Pasuk and says, Haman said within his heart. How do we know what Haman said? It must have been written by Hashem. Another Tana says, I'll give you another proof that Esther was written with Ruach HaKodesh, as it says, <laughs> that she gained favor in all the eyes of the people that saw her. How do we know? How do we know? It must be that it was written with Binavua, <clears throat> excuse me, says the Gemara, that it was written, Esther and Mordechai both had Ruach HaKodesh, and therefore, the whole Megillah was written through Nevoah, through Ruach HaKodesh. In the Megillah, we have the four mitzvahs of the day. At the very last parak discusses the four mitzvahs of the day. We have to give Shalach Manos. You have to have Mishta, which is Seuda. You have to have a meal. You have to give Matanos Levyonim. And number four is the Megillah. So the obligation to read the Megillah is not a regular Darabonon, says the Turi Evan. It's almost like a Ke'en Daraisa. It's like a higher level. It's like a Daraisa. Because after all, who wrote the Navi? 
It was written with Ruach HaKodesh, and in the, in the not the Navi, the, um, the Megillah, sorry, who wrote the Megillah, it was written, it was infused with Ruach HaKodesh, and that's where we see the obligation for the four mitzvahs of the day. So the Megillah is actually coming with Ruach HaKodesh, it's a higher level than the Rabbanon. And we established yesterday, not we established, we spoke yesterday, the Gemara established it, and Rosh Hashanah Dav Chavtes, that in order for Ruvain to discharge the obligation of Shimon for a mitzvah, they have to be on the same playing field. They have to be obligated on the same level. And since a child is only Dirabanan, because he's never obligated on a, thing, on a higher than Dirabanan, but we men are obligated on a higher level. It's like a Dirabanan, because it was infused with Ruach HaKodesh, which means ultimately came Mipi HaKodesh Baruch Hu. Therefore, a child cannot go ahead and fulfill the obligation of Gedolim when it comes to Mikra Megillah. <clears throat> okay. We're going to discuss that next week. That's, he applies that to women. So the Turi Evans says the difference by, by the Shittas Bahag. We'll get to that next week. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah we'll get to that next week. <clears throat> we're going to discuss Afein Hoyoposhanes, how that plays into all the mitzvahs. I don't think we're going to, we're going to have to rush through the Gemara, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to get to, we're not going to do the Gemara until we have very limited time. But just to, just to your point, I'm just going to mention one thing about Afein Hoyoposhanes. Afein Hoyoposhanes is an amazing concept. Afein Hoyoposhanes means that <clears throat> there are certain mitzvahs that women are obligated because even though it's a positive mitzvah, it's a positive time-bound mitzvah, but because they were included in the nase, they're obligated. What are three examples? The three examples given are by Durabanans. What are they? Hanukkah candles. Hanukkah candles, Mikra Megillah, and Dalad Kosos. So because Afhein Haibosones, normally these are all time bound mitzvahs, right? Afhein Haibosones. By the way, what does Afhein Haibosones mean? Dalad Kosos, Neros Hanukkah, Mikra Megillah. So, first of all, it's my focus what Afhein Haibosones means. The Rashbam, who was Rashi's grandchild, right? Rashi had three daughters um, Yocheved, Rachel, and Leah, I believe. And um, Yocheved was the mother of three, the Rashbam. Rabbeinu Tam, and um, uh, what was the third one's name? Rameyer, I think. I forgot. So and the Rashbam was one of the, the grandsons, is the brother of Rabbeinu Tam. The Rashbam says that the reason, what is Afhein HaYubosonis means? It's because of the women, because of the women um, that um, the, the, the nace happened. Esther, Yehudis, and the Noshim Sitkanios by Pesach. Rashi and Tosos give a very different understanding of what Afhein HaYubosonis means. They were included in the nace. Just like the nace, we're obligated in Dalakosos, the men, because a miracle happened to us, so too it happened to women also, and to children, by the way. So that might be the chayv, if chayv drabanam extend to children, if you understand, it's not because of the women, but it included the women. So there's an amazing thing. So by Parshas Naso, it talks about the woman, when she's brought, if she, her husband suspects her of, of being in, having, committing infidelity, he first he has to accuse her. If she does it again, he brings her to the Bezdin. She drinks that Mayim Arim, and then her, if she's found guilty, her stomach will explode, so on and so forth. And it says the Pasuk in Naso, Parak Hey of Bamidbar says, Vansa Isha Amramin. She has to say Amen. There's a Sefer, I forgot the name of the author, it's not published yet, but it's coming out. They just did the uh, PDF <coughs> version of it, and he says, Vansa Amen. The woman will say Amen. What is she will say Amen? Aleph stands for Arba Kosos, Arba Kosos. Mem stands for Mikra Megillah, 
and Nun stands for Neros Hanukkah. She is going to say, Amen, that she is obligated in it. It's referring to those three, those three mitzvahs uh, that she's obligated. It's interesting. Twice. <clears throat> say again? Amen, Amen twice, correct. Amen, Amen twice, that's correct. But Amen, he says, is, since the woman's saying it's Rashi Tevos for Arbakosos, Mikra Megillah, Ner Hanukkah. In any event, one last point I just want to mention today, very interesting. The mitzvah of Chinech, we'll touch upon this next week a little more. What is the mitzvah of Chinech? There are two critical machlokasim, two arguments amongst all the Rishonim when it comes to the mitzvah of Chinech, educating our children. One is, who is the obligation on? Is it on the father or is it on the child? Is, the Ramban is of the opinion that the child has absolutely no obligation whatsoever. It completely falls on the parent. Other opinions say, no, the child is obligated. The question is, if you assume the child is obligated, why is the child obligated? This is the more critical one. Why is the child obligated? Is it so that he knows what to do? Well, as we said before, muscle memory. He starts fasting on Yom Kippur at age 11 or 12, so that when 13 comes, when he's 13, he knows how to fast. Is it that he shakes a lulav at ages 10, 11, or 12, so that when 13 comes, he knows everything according to halacha? That's the opinion of Rashi. Rashi says in multiple places, he does it now so that when he becomes 13, he does it correctly. The ritvas of the, of the opinion, ritva and tosvos, Rashi and the Ramban say that it's muscle memory, and uh, it's, it's not for the now, it's for the later, according to Rashi, right? Do something now so that you're prepared when you become bar mitzvah. Um, the ritva and tosvos says, no, he has the full obligation now. He's high of just like an adult, it's just that it's only mitzvah but he has to have all the <clears throat> pratim, all the the um, mitzvah, the the details of the mitzvah. Classic nafkmina. You know, you're not allowed to sit in a sukkah that's stolen. Lula sukkah gzula, right? It's a mitzvah ba idea vera. Any mitzvah through which you perform, are you yotzei the mitzvah? The so whole gemara and sukkah discusses that. But we say that a sukkah gzula is not. Is, you're not allowed to sit in a stolen sukkah. Let me ask you a question. If the child doesn't know that the sukkah is stolen and he's 12 years old and he sits in the sukkah, did he fulfill the mitzvah? Well, it depends. If it's just a question of muscle memory and the child has no idea that the sukkah is stolen, so then for, according to Rashi and, and the Rambani, it would be fine. The child sitting in a sukkah, he doesn't know. Or for another example, you give him a um, esrog that the pitten broke off and he thinks it's just a, a pittenless Esrog. So he doesn't know, but he knows that he's shaking the dollar mean we're sitting in a sukkah. For, for what he knows, it's kosher, and he's, doing, and he's going through the routine. So according to Rashi, if the whole reason is just so that later on when he becomes bar mitzvah, he'll know how to shake the dollar mean him, he's yotze. But according to the ritvah, if the whole, and a child is just a miniature gadol, you know, in pediatrics, when we were in medical school, they, the mantra was a child or a baby is not a miniature adult. Total different body physiology. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Here the Ritva is saying the exact, same, exact opposite. A child is an adult, is just that he's a child. Meaning the same obligation, that the same problem, the same details of the mitzvah that apply to an adult, apply to a child. It's just that his obligation only stems rabbinically, not, not biblically mandated. But he's the full obligation, in which case, if he's sitting in a sukkah that's stolen, he would not fulfill the mitzvah. If he has an esrog that looks kosher, but it's puzzle, he did not fulfill the mitzvah of chinuch. Because the, all the pratim, all the details of that mitzvah apply to him just like they do to an adult. It's just that the gadol is obligated in the Torah and the child's only obligated in Rabbanan. So there are very pra- a lot of practical differences and ramifications, how you understand the mitzvah of chinuch banim. 
Correct? Either it's two machlokasim, either it's only on the parent, nothing to do with the child like the Ramban, or as many Mepharshim still say, many Mepharshim agree with the Ramban, some Mepharshim say the obligation is actually on the child, Midrabana. Normally we don't say that the child is obligated anything, but that's the mitzvah of chinuch. The mitzvah of chinuch is to educate a child. And the second critical machlokas is, <clears throat> is, um, is, is it like a child that is just muscle memory, or does he have to go ahead and apply all the details? One 30-second thought, which is absolutely mind-blowing about chinuch children, I just reminded myself, the Gemara in Sukkah, Daf Hay says, what is Kruvim? Kruvim were, if you remember, the cherubs, the angels that were on top of the Aron HaKodesh. They faced each other, they were on top of the Aron HaKodesh. It's a special halacha that all the kalim, all the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash, lechatchila, I mean, a priori, when they were made, it had to be fashioned out of gold. Bidiyeven, if you didn't have gold, you can make it out of cedar wood, atzei shitim, except the kruvim. The kruvim, the cherubs on top of the Aron Kodesh, which housed the luchos, had to be made out of gold, and there was no bidiyeven option. There was no option to make it out of cedar wood. Says little bliner, Rav Meir Shapira, who, the Rashiv of Lubin, the, uh, the famous creator of the, uh, the Dafyomi. <coughs> It says Rav Meir Shapira, you know why you can't make the the kruvim? Because oh, by the way, sorry, the Gemara Sukkot Davhei says what a kruvim? Kiravya. It's like a child. So the kruvim are like child, children. That's the Gemara Sukkot Davhei, and the kruvim were positioned on top of the aron, which symbolizes they were right on top of the luchos. It symbolizes chinuch habanim. Says Rav Meir Shapira. He says the reason why every other kli you can make out of gold, bidiyevit you can make it out of shitim out of cedar wood, except the kruvim only out of gold. There's no bidiyevit option because when it comes to chinuch habanim, we only have the gold standard. There is no bidiyevit. There's only a lechatchila. You cannot compromise when it comes to chinuch habanim. That's why it says there's no there's no bidiyevit. I'm putting words, it's a pun, but there's only a gold standard when it comes to educating the next level, the next generation. That's why he says the Keruvim, which is Keravi, says the Gemara, which, which represents the children soaking up the Torah. By that, there's only the Chathila, the gold standard, nobody have it. Have a thought-provoking and a thirsty Thursday. Have everyone meaningful, easy, fast. We'll pick up next week. Regular schedule, thir- Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Sorry. <laughs>